I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast, and I'm taking this time to ask you during the month of December to financially support the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute to advance liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support us this holiday season. This is the only time of the year when I make this request, so I'm adding something. If you support Cato to the tune of $1,000 or more, I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, or you can designate someone else to receive all the benefits of that donation. Just visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started, and thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 6, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. It's a question that sparked the famous bet between Paul Ehrlich and Julian Simon. Are we running out of resources? A new paper argues that no. And in fact, if you measure resource availability properly, the world is becoming more abundant all the time. Marion Tupi is co-author of the new paper, The Simon Abundance Index, available now at Cato.org. We see a lot of indexes floating around uh, about, you know, economic freedom. There are indexes that look at, you know, how often U-Hauls are used to move people uh, into or out of states. There's uh, economic freedom index. The, the Cato Institute produces the human freedom index. So what distinguishes this from all of these other uh, indicators that tell us about, you know, the relative state of humanity? Well, uh, there is a misconception uh, that's uh, been around for a very, very long time, going all the way back to antiquity, that uh, um, when you have an increase in uh, population, um, resources will get run down, they will get depleted, and eventually humanity runs out of resources. And so um, um, even today, um, a lot of the skepticism about economic growth and development centers on this question of running out of things. And um, what we have tried to do in this study is to look again at the relationship between population growth on the one hand and availability of resources on the other hand. And uh, what we have found is that actually, even though the population of the world has increased by almost 70% between 1980 and 2017, which is to say over the last 37 years, the actual prices of natural resources have declined by close to 70% in terms of how much work needs to be done in order to um, purchase those resources. So we have found a one-to-one -one offset for every one person born to the world, uh, the prices of resources have basically fallen by 1%. And the Simon Abundance Index uh, really represents the ratio of the change in population over the change in uh, time price. Um, and uh, what we have discovered is that the world was 3.8 times as abundant in terms of availability of resources in 2017 as it was in 1980. And what we want to do is to do this calculation every year and publish the Simon Abundance Index every year and uh, see what happens to it over time. And what we think is going to happen is that as population increases, people are going to come up with more ideas about how to 
save resources, recycle resources, become more efficient, and uh, resource availability will continue to increase. And therefore, we expect that Simon Abundance Index is going to improve uh, its value in the long run. People are, I think, fairly familiar with the Simon Ehrlich bet uh, regarding this uh, basket of commodities that uh, uh, Julian Simon famously won. And uh, the concern was, look, these, these, the prices of these uh, metals, these products are going to go way up. Uh, but we're, and even though Julian Simon won that bet, we still see people like very smart people like uh, Paul Krugman talking about rare earth metals that only exist in uh, China. And it, it, even with this new report, uh, do you suspect that this, uh, I guess, this concern or as you say, this uh, this error will just continue no matter what? Yes, I think so. In fact, what we have done in uh, the study uh, was to come up with what we call the Simon rule, uh, which basically states that um, as population increases, the time price of most commodities will get cheaper for most people most of the time. Unfortunately, most people will assume the opposite. So that's the Simon's rule that we have come up with in uh, the actual study. Um, the study is definitely based on the Ehrlich-Simon bet, uh, which took place between 1980 and 1990. And as you pointed out, uh, over those 10 years, uh, the five commodities which uh, Ehrlich selected have actually become cheaper, adjusted for inflation, and Simon won his bet. But uh, what my co-author Gail Pooley and I decided to do was to take it a step further. Simon was a great man, um, but we feel that he was too generous uh, to his critics because what Simon did was to only look at um, adjusting prices of natural resources by inflation. And uh, that's useful, but um, we wanted to take it a step further. What I mean by that is that, um, you see, income increases at a faster pace than inflation. So what really matters is how much time do people have to spend working in order to buy a particular commodity or a basket of commodities? And what we have found was that uh, incomes per hour of work have increased by 80% over the last uh, 37 years. So commodities have become cheaper um, even more than they would based on inflation adjustment only. Adjusting for inflation, our basket of commodities declines in price by roughly 36%. But adjusting for time price, in other words, adjusting for increases in incomes, uh, the price of commodities declines by almost 70%. I know you shout this from the rooftops regularly, and this is sort of a defining feature of your work uh, here at the Cato Institute, and that is to point to good data, positive trends uh, that indicate should give us a more hopeful perspective uh, when we think about the state of humanity. And yet, uh, you know, the great untold story of the the 20th century is this dramatic decline in uh, you know, grinding poverty around the world. So, you know, the, 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 the fight that you have in particular and that we have more broadly at Cato is to uh, fight what seems to be an intractable 
uh, bit of pessimism uh, that is ever present. Yes. So uh, the age of abundance, okay, the, the, the time that we live in is actually extraordinarily prosperous compared to our past. But what needs to be borne in mind is that humanity is roughly speaking 300,000 years old. And this age of abundance is only two and a half centuries old or maybe two centuries old, which is to say that for 99.9% .9 of humanity's life on earth, life was much more difficult. And there is certainly a hypothesis or a theory that uh, because we have evolved, our brains have evolved in a much more inhospitable time, we have developed a negativity bias. The, uh, the, the, it was always easier and better for the survivor of the organism, for the survivor of an individual human being to overreact to perceive more threats than there really were. Because if you overreacted to a threat, there were very few, if at all, negative consequences. But if you underreacted to a threat, if you were too optimistic, then uh, maybe you got killed or eaten by a lion or whatever. And uh, those optimistic genes eventually got weeded out of the gene pool. And so we ended up with this uh, negativity bias, um, which has been pointed out by a lot of psychologists. And it makes us... Um, uh, it makes us constantly worried about uh, the world we live in, partly because, as I said, abundance um, and prosperity is so new. So in a way, our modern skulls, they, uh, they house um, Stone Age minds, which uh, find it difficult to cope with modern life because they were evolved to cope with the challenges of life um, many tens of thousands of years ago. So that's the kind of challenges that we face. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it is our job to try to both uh, point to the psychological and evolutionary reasons why people might be uh, pessimistic and also to point to a realistic uh, view of the world, which is not to say we are not trying to present the world or paint the world in rosy colors. There are still a lot of problems, but uh, we want people to have a realistic sense of the world, a world which, um, uh, which means that people need to understand and appreciate and know uh, the, the, the many things, the, the many ways in which modern life is better than the life in the past. And uh, Simon Abundance Index place into that. It's a, it's a part of this overall attempt to paint a realistic picture of the world because the reality is that natural resources are falling in price both in real terms but also in time price um, ways. And uh, you, you can see it uh, actually on daily basis. One of the things that Ehrlich said some 20 years ago is that in his view, uh, the best candidate for depletion of natural resources was going to be petroleum. Well, now, uh, because of fracking, which is to say because of human ingenuity, uh, we have petroleum that is well abundant, uh, the price of which 
is relatively low and it is being pushed down by these uh, innovative practices such as uh, fracking. Um, the Greens, by the way, don't like that um, because it, it makes uh, petroleum cheaper and therefore uh, people use it more than they would if it were more expensive. But um, in any case, the bottom line is that resources are cheaper because of human ingenuity. And of course, the human ingenuity is a product of humanity, meaning the more people we have, the more ideas they are able to produce. And the more ideas we have, the more innovations we can have. And the more innovations we can have, the more productive we can become. And as our productivity increases, so do our standards of living. And that's what the age of abundance is all about. Improvement of standard of living for all of humanity, but especially for people in poor countries. Marion Tupi is co-author of the Simon Abundance Index, a new way to measure availability of resources available now at Cato.org. You can subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes, Google Podcasts, and when you think about it, ask Alexa to play the Cato Daily Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>